We are live. Welcome to season three, I think episode 10 of Live Lunch uh, with our, my one of my favorite guests and one of my all-time <laughs> favorite people, David Brading. Oh, David, David thank you Stephen for John Brading, if I'd like my full name. David be... Stephen John Brading, husband of Anna Catherine Brading, who yeah. was our guest uh, last week and was brilliant. And so we look forward to having you with us. Thanks for joining us. You preached at the villa site. Um, just to say, there's no food that's going to come in during life lunch. <laughs> Why is that, young man? <laughs> because we, the food came in a bit earlier. <laughs> and then we thought, oh, let's, should we just start snacking? And, and then... It got absolutely it just, destroyed. We destroyed it. Mm. Uh, David especially requested a kebab from Golden Grill Kebab, which is our favourite kebab house in Brighton. And they do superb kebabs. And so, Mr. Golden Grill, thank you very much for uh, making us kebabs. We had a chicken cheese and a lamb donner. And it's gone down so well. It has. I do love a good kebab. I must confess, I haven't really had an afternoon kebab. Except when you've been on live lunch. Mate, you know that it's going to be the standard every time I come. Uh, afternoon kebab? Yeah. Why, why, do, why do we frown upon eating a kebab outside of a night out? The lamb donner was not, not so great on my stomach for this afternoon's meetings, <laughs> but the chicken was lovely. <laughs> great. Well, at least Grateful. We, we could blame each other. Yeah. On the topic of food, yes. I have an interesting story from Sunday. Okay. So Adam, who heads up our communications team, and me, we were trying to shape how we uh, introduce people uh, on Sundays. So, you know, most people sometimes say, hi, I'm so-and-so, I'm part of the leadership team. And everybody says that when, yeah. when they welcome you to a meeting on Sunday. We're like, what could we do slightly differently, uh, slightly different, be a bit more creative with how we introduce ourselves? And so he's like, what's some, Adam asked you about something that I enjoy about Brighton. I was like, oh, I love the chili pickle. That's my favorite eating place. He's like, oh, you should like introduce yourself. With chili pickle. So I was like, oh, it's going to be fun. So on Sunday, I was hosting Gift Day and all. Uh, and I said, I didn't, I chickened out and I didn't introduce myself with chili pickle. Chicken take it out? Or? But, uh, hoo -hoo. but um, <laughs> when we did the notices, yeah, we were we were talking about, uh, my wife Amy was hosting alongside me and she did her, she did a bit of, she did the notice on the first thing. Um, and then I was like, it, it, it had a food element to it. Um, and I was like, Amy, just by the way, I'm totally distracted because you've, you've spoken about food. And I just want to tell you that Chili Pickle is the best Indian slash the best restaurant in Brighton. Ooh. And I said that, put it out there, got like, hey, and some, uh, some response from the, from the people in the room. But then after that, um, we, had, we do something called Meet the Team, where people who are visiting or checking us out, coming for the first time, stay back and have lunch with the team. And... Um, and the lady came up to me, who, who came along to the meet the team, and she said, mate, I totally agree with you. The Chili Pickle, I've recently moved on to Brighton, and I've already been to the Chili Pickle, and it is one of the top restaurants that I've already experienced. And we had a conversation on the back of that. So she connected with me and Emmanuel through Chili Pickle. I don't think the gravitas of the Golden Grill that was brilliant in the same way. But... No, 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 no. <laughs> Golden Grill doesn't hold a candle to the Chili Pickle. It's just a totally different level. But yeah, that was my story. It's a great story. We should talk a lot more about food um, <laughs> on Sundays. But yeah, yeah. But anyway. Great story, man. Let's get on to the speech. <laughs> I, I can only hear my phone buzzing with our messages of please stop wasting our time telling us about food. But uh, it's, a, it's a top tip on hosting. Cool. Hosting a Sunday meeting, you know, just talk about your favorite restaurant. Unless it's like McDonald's or something, then probably you don't want to. But you know, talk about the food that you enjoy in Brighton. And Chili Pickle, if you're watching this, which you probably are, just 
thank you for the good food that you create. I'm, I'm, I'm friends Other with... Other restaurants are available, am, huh? No, not really. I'm, I'm friends with the guys who own Chili Pickle. But that is incidental. We, we, we bonded over our common love for Chili Pickle. So Correct. thank you, Chili Pickle. And if you're watching this and you live in Brighton, or if you don't live in Brighton, you should come down to Brighton just to check out the Chili Pickle. But I think now we should move yeah, on. Yeah, let's definitely talk about spent Jesus and few some meaningful things. <laughs> Chili pickle is Jesus and meaningful things as well, mate. It gives me... A, I, I, I praise the name of Jesus after Chili pickle because I'm like, thank you, Jesus, for good food and good chefs and my palate, which appreciates good food. So it's all a gift of him. What would you love to know from me? Aaron? I would love to know about what you preached on this Sunday. So this Sunday, we had our gift day Sunday. And uh, the preach, uh, the talk title was Money on Your Mind. And you were one of our, our five different preachers who preached live uh, at the site. So tell us what, what you preached on. I enjoyed it. I found it quite hard. I think doing the role that I have, we talk about money quite often. And so what's it, the role that you have? Uh, so I lead one of the sites in Hove. I think just as good shepherding principle we do talk about giving a lot um because jesus talks about giving all of the time i think if we did talk as much as jesus did we probably wouldn't have a church left um but actually it is good pastoral sense um to talk about money uh, a lot i think just all the time you know holy spirit doing work on me midweek and found it really tough because i was just like god was changing my heart as i'm sort of got the word of god in front of me um we looked uh, around the passage where it says do not be anxious um Jesus talking in Matthew 6 and the danger with that I think I've probably done it before is we whip out that line to people and say do not be anxious you know don't worry about what you eat or drink or wear but what we forget is that it it starts with a therefore in front of it and it's actually that line is a summary of something that's just already come and so I just sort of delve back a little bit deeper into just earlier in in Matthew 6 where Jesus uses this really weird analogy Mm -hmm. he says um, he talks about the eyes um, he talks about treasure, then he talks about eyes, then he talks about loving, you know, having one master, then he says about do not worry. And this this whole thing about the, the eyes, if your eyes are healthy, uh, they let in light. If your eyes are unhealthy, that your whole body sits in darkness. And in essence, what you're saying is that... Um, you know, my eyes are open now, the light's coming in, I can see clearly, no problem. If my eyes didn't work, even though the lights are on, actually I wouldn't be able to grab this microphone because it'd be like I'm in darkness. And he's, it, 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 it translates almost that word good, if your eyes are good, into the word generosity. <clears throat> and I think, again, in Luke, when he's talking about this same sort of thing, that the eyes are the lamp to the body, mm. um, that he's, he says, you know, don't be greedy, don't be caught up with treasures and material things and possessions and I think I ended up preaching mainly on greed about how greed like darkens us and it's mm. like being in darkness um, and none of us think we're greedy we yeah. sort of all know people that spend more on clothes and more on possessions and you know well she upgrades her phone every six months and I only sort of do it every year so I can, therefore I'm not greedy but understanding that the whole passage you know we walk our hearts are darkened to our own greed yeah. because we're just looking at other people and just how Jesus unlocks that and I think just even how our attitude towards the poor mm. sort of turning this into a preach I'm sorry but I, I think you know it's just what's been living with me just our um, how we you know, walk. I live Central Brighton and took my daughter into. No, nah, oh yeah, the first road into well, home. It's, it's, it's three minute, four minute walk to Churchill Square, and you sort of walk past a number of sort of homeless people. And I, the danger is, we just sort of are quite judgmental and just think, well, why should I give you some money? You, 
you, you know, you just go and get a job like me and I've done that and why should I give you, you know, and you just think actually if I'd have been in their circumstances and had maybe their upbringing and I'd been in the same circumstances or had the same money sort of at my disposal as them, would I be in a better place? And mm. the likelihood is no, I probably wouldn't have done. And mm. we're just so judgmental or we just pity the poor. We don't love the poor. We just sort of chuck out some stuff. And mm. I, I think just understanding Jesus wanting us to just, just have one treasure which is him mm. and therefore you know the antidote to money having control and power in our lives is mm. just to be generous in all areas of life and so mm. there's a, <laughs> a three minute summary of, of what I took a bit longer explaining on Sunday so brilliant so what now what did you prefer my spiel on chili pickle or David's three minute sermon on serving the poor I oh, were actually asking <laughs> that for real <laughs> no don't um We'll we get to how we serve the poor, but I think just going back to that whole set of passage, uh, those verses in Matthew 6, and it talks about our Heavenly Father providing all that we need. Um, and, and I guess you could, there could be what you need and the stuff that you want. And then, of course, there's there's greed. And do you have any, any I guess, any criteria or any tips or if somebody's trying to analyze, hey, what do I actually need and what do I actually want? Uh, how do I know what the difference is between the two and what should I be asking God for? And what should I feel like, no, nah, that's a bit greedy and maybe I shouldn't ask God for that? Or would you say that is a thing? I think because greed is an eye sin and it darkens our eyes. I think just having the conversation with people and just some levels of accountability on it. Like we don't want to do that. It makes us feel awkward. But I think mm. just like sometimes not even trusting our own judgment on these things. But, you know, talking honestly and openly with other people, uh, we happily do about other sin that, you know, we, we put in, you know, we want to beat and get over. But yeah. Um, I think even that thing of want and need, mm -hmm. even just understanding and allowing the gospel to sort of lighten our hearts to that stuff, there's very little we do need um, in life. I think, you know, basic necessities and actually even with the welfare state that we live in, that in worst case scenarios that there's help from the government anyway. And so stuff that we do have just not even viewing it as our own and stuff that we get to decide on but I think even just talking with other people and just sort of sharing with our lives mm. how, how do we spend our money how do we use it do, are we overspending and are we greedy and are we driven by materialism on things is it probably a helpful step mm. how does the gospel give bring hope into maybe or, or to people who uh, are in need and there's prayers that aren't answered or there's just need in their life which hasn't been met. Uh, and you've got this verse which says, your Heavenly Father will provide all that you need. What, what hope does the gospel bring to people who are in need? Uh, I think community is part of the answer. I think I'm part of the answer. And I think talking helps bring the answer. Mm. And even, you know, even I guess part of it is our society where we don't <laughs> dare not speak about anything to do with money mm. um, kind of just isolates people so I think cultivating communities that where people feel comfortable to share need with one another um, I loved it in Hove once mm. you know on a Sunday morning we had almost like a reverse offering where people just said I've got some um, money who's in need and like mm. someone said yeah I need a new fridge and like like people just ran around the room with just four or five different examples of people sharing yeah. like their need and then other people in the room meeting their possession yeah, I had yeah. someone come up to me on Sunday and just said like I've just got a few they were giving to the gift day and just felt like I've felt God say I've just got a few hundred pounds for someone to, wow. to give if they're in need and like brings it to me and I think just it, the, the power is broken when you live your life in community with others yeah 
Um, so could you, and there's questions on your phone. Would you mind passing me your phone so I can Always. bring out those questions? Um, oh, as you said, it's only, I remember a story. When I, when I moved, I, I moved to Brighton about 11 years ago to be a part of this church. And then I moved up to Kingston in London for three years to, in a work capacity. And then when that came to, to an end, I was, well, I was Steve Boone, who's one of the elders, he invited me to come back to Brighton and move back to Brighton. And I remember thinking, well, I can't, I can't afford even to put down a, a rent deposit. And I reached out to you and I said, hey, man, could you lend me some money? And you were like, no, just have the money. And you were very generous with me. And as you said, that's what I, I remembered. So I think there's, so yeah, thank you. I don't remember there's that. Been, but yeah, I've, such I've a seen. massive investment in, into, into my life of being back in Brighton. I, I just think it isn't actually my money. Hmm. Well, it's mine now, but thank you. <laughs> even the even the principle of what is mine, like it's just if we really get radical about even New Testament living, it isn't my money. God mm. it just just lavishes his goodness on us for us to to share and to to dish out, and not yeah. remembering that and the fact mm. I'm grateful that I don't remember. But mm. Jesus again, don't let the left hand know what the right hand is doing. Even when we give, just not even remembering how much we give because. It isn't ours, and just like just the breaking of power of oh, you owe me, and there's that mm. one time where I did you a favour. It's <laughs> yeah. like that's so dark and die. I live in such a materialistic world. If that's how I'm, mm. I'm viewing money and my possessions. Um, what are some of the uh, challenges or barriers towards giving or giving away your finances? I think viewing um, money as a source of status. It would be one, mm. I think. And secondly, viewing money as the only way of, of keeping control mm. in life. And I think people think that if I've got money, I can control, you know, my life. And we live in a world that's uncontrollable. And even Jesus answers that and says, look, what, who by having money can add a single day to their life? And I think just realising that having those things or a little bit more doesn't actually bring more control because there's stuff that is outside of our control and so holding onto it doesn't actually bring any sense of security actually yeah. festers more insecurity yeah yeah i remember in one of the earlier sermons in in this series may, may have been tomorrow on your mind um and that verse which says trust god for today um and just trusting god for today so i'm not i'm not uh, bashing or speaking against planning for the future and saving uh, and and looking looking after your pension and, and all of those things and we have savings um, and we very much think about what's going to happen to us when um, when we retire and stuff but there's also trusting God for the now and saying yes sir, when I give it comes at a cost it comes at me having to say no to a whole bunch of other things which I can't do now because I don't have the money because I budgeted and everything and whatever we budgeted to give means I can't do other stuff. But it's just trusting God for, for his provision now and not worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow, what's going to happen the week after. And yeah, so yeah, I found that, that talk very helpful, uh, the tomorrow on your mind talk. Any other cha challenges or barriers you can think of towards giving? Um, I think personally it's obedience. So just going off the fly, I think often I'm asking God to talk to me and give me like let me hear your voice and <laughs> it's dangerous because often I hear him challenge me and say okay why don't you give that away mm. and like I'm desperate for a big word out there but it's it's I feel often him wanting to challenge me on my own character first mm. uh, and so I think I'm convinced that's why Jesus just just did talk about it a lot it's just it just needed us reminding constantly because mm. 
you can't serve two masters you can't effectively do that actually just reminding us that we our eyes are darkened really quickly and mm. just to help his light shine in that and letting letting those other things go really quickly so for me it just always starts with myself mm. um, and just just trying to personally grow in generosity brilliant um, I usually ask uh, this as uh, the start of the show and I should have a practical question to two groups of people people who are in poverty and people who are in, I guess rich who who are and who are anxious about the mon- the either the lack of money or the plenty of money that they have what would you say to them um i think probably the answer is the same that is finding your ultimate treasure in jesus he is our ultimate treasure rather than even wealth and money himself so mm-hmm. in one sense that's the level playing field we always in a poverty and sort of wealth sort of category, look at the people in front of us and forget who's behind. So I think that's the first thing is it's making Jesus your treasure. Mm. I think second of all, again, it's I think talking and the the, the two sometimes can can be the solution and them learning to be in community together. I think whoever you are, whether you're poor or rich, is are you still generous? Because mm. even the the lady who just gave her one you know coin away was more generous than the person who gave shed loads away. Yeah. And so I think is realizing <laughs> the, the answer always isn't even if you're poor is to receive. It's actually still have you got a generous heart? How is your heart towards Christ? Is he still enough? Um, I then think talking to people and just being in community and not living under the shame of mm. not having and asking i think just being free from that um and to the the person who appears to have more i would say again is knowing that Je- is jesus your treasure are you living for your money is that defining who you are is that your status is that your identity mm. or is the fact that no i'm a i'm a son i've been bought at a price myself yeah. and therefore i am generous so. I really like what you said. Um, look at the person behind you, not just at the person ahead of you. So you can often look at those with, with more and people are further down to you and I guess the the richness ladder. Um, and you, you start coveting and you start envying. Uh, but then you look at, and you can, you, but looking at people who are in some ways behind you, uh, it, it should really spark generosity. Because yes. you're like, oh, I remember when I was in that place. I remember when I was in that place of not having anything and, and empathizing with people. And then that's what Jesus does to us. I mean, he looks, he's not looking up to us. He's looking back, back down at us and he, and, he's, and he gives of himself and he, and he gives of, of everything. I thought that's a really helpful, t- helpful tip. I just, yeah, it was like uh, a even, light bulb moment. Even in the UK, we're not poor. Mm. Like there are people who have, have less. I, I recognize that. But even we, we're in the top 5% of global wealth. There are people in countries that have a dollar and a half a day to survive on and that is really hand to mouth. And mm. I think, it's just working out how we do serve those who are in need. That's different to yeah. being, you know, um, to being poor and hand-to-mouth sort of situations. Yeah. But I think just, yeah, just being grateful for what we've got and, again, yeah, looking behind us to the rest of the world and yeah, we just waste so much money. Like, I just think even what I've wasted, you know, got lovely food today. It's brilliant and it's good to enjoy it, but I just... Like, we didn't waste any of that food, did no. we? Just <laughs> cleaned it. But no, and I'm not, not I'm a not, vegetable left behind. This is, this is sp- like speaking judgment over yeah. us, but it's, it's asking questions and we want to ask those questions. They're uncomfortable questions. Should I, could I, could we have spent that money better? And could I have spent that money better? Did I need... Can we just stop the show now? Get, get out. Get, get a out. refund. <laughs> yeah. I'm no, going back again. I'll be, it'll be water and a bread roll next time for me. I understand that, but I think it's, it, we, we have got to ask those questions about 
about our own lifestyle because sure. we have a responsibility before God to um, of, of, of how we steward what we have. Brilliant question, uh, response. Um, moving on to um, us serving the poor, helping people out of poverty. That's yes. that's the I guess the the line for this gift day video and and this this gift day that we we raise money for. We hoping to raise one hundred thirty five thousand pounds, which is amazing. So we've been we've been praying and we've been asking God, saying God, this is a big sum of money that we're going after. Uh, be with us, strengthen us, open our coffers so that we can be generous. Um, yeah, why, why is it so important for us to serve the poor? It feels like such an obvious question, but um, what's your biblical basis for serving oh, the poor? We were praying as elders this morning, and even I just read out from Isaiah 61 that that, that is our biblical mandate. Is There's a number of things in Isaiah 61, and one of them is to is to bring freedom and help to the poor. Mm. And I think that is our identity now, is not money hoarders, but gospel bringers mm. to whole cities and part of our mandate in Brighton and Hove is to just help uh, the people out of poverty and help mm. the poor and remember the poor and you know I love I'm proud of how we do that as a church with Night Shelter mm. uh, with Friends First with other sort of social action groups that are just organically springing up within the church it's just incredible work mm. and there's so many men and women across our church who are involved with with charities and giving off their time and we put together the gift day video um, and we had a chance just to speak to a few of them who, who give off their time to serve either baby basics or, or food bank or just involved with helping people out of debt and those sort of charities and it's just amazing how people just give off their time and you kind of wrongly think Can I interject and just say well done for bringing up Shoreham they're a great example as a yeah. site who just, the, uh, just stuff has sprung up and I know um, little bits about what they do but it's, I admire it I say well done you know yeah. it's inspiring and but, I think the thing that stuck out for me and is you you had a, you can't just say oh there was only this group of people in this stage of their life who, who are giving off their time but there were people across like students um, young professionals um, people who've just got married people who are with young families people with lots of kids just across different stages like people just giving off their time mm. uh, without ex- ex- uh, expecting anything in return and it's just it's quite special to to talk to some of those people and hear their stories and find out why we serve the poor mm. so yeah and, and, and I thought that this gift day is going to be uh, some of it again forgive me if I get some of the details a bit muddled uh, but some of the money that's raised on the gift day would, would go towards various different charities and helping people at Emmanuel with whatever they're doing and yeah, so Friends First yeah. Alternatives other works yeah. that we're doing with sort of organic groups as well within yeah. the church yeah, 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 is yeah. particularly what it's doing that's brilliant I, I was I was very uh, can, yeah. can I share something that I'm, I'm living with at the moment do you mind well with you've just asked me to half. like stop, ha- stop having food at live lunch so. <laughs> yeah, very, no you cannot <laughs> I just want to speak some judgement <laughs> over other areas is that alright yeah um, I'm just feeling God talk to me um, about listening to him more I think cultivating a life of hearing God's voice and for myself personally but I think also just watching it bring real change into my sight life um, and I think I can't help my sight grow in this until I'm growing myself again and really decided to make a, a conscious effort to grow in my gifts that God has given me I often refer to them as gifts of the spirit but I, you know he gives them their gifts for me to use and grow and um, just exercise some kingdom power in and I, I just I brought a book that I just wanted to share um, which is a very simple book I read when I was uh, a teenager that I just dug out and um, it's called Surprised by the Voice of God by Jack Deere who's a um, great theologian and it's a book that's 
steeps you know it balances our love for the bible and our love for the holy spirit in one book really that based on our um our evangelical conviction we're convinced of the charismatic experience if i can quote terry virgo um and just talks about what did you through, call terry virgo uh, just about our conviction uh, we're convinced because of the bible about the charismatic experience is that actually terry virgo quote or sure from his book okay. yeah you, you don't google it now and like show me live but i think the point i'm making is that this book just sort of picks out some biblical basis for gifts of the spirit mm. and some great practical ways of learning to hear god's voice and just wanted to encourage you and uh, others who listen to this to again just to be digging into listening to the voice of the holy spirit and stepping out in the gifts that he's given us because uh, actually if, if you go if you grow in that actually it's a blessing to me mm. the, the reason he gave gifts was to be a blessing to his church and to be a blessing to city and so i think yeah just hungry for more of that in my sight but um yeah i just thought i'd bring that as a personal encouragement so when you want to hear more of god's voice I always think, what does it sound like? Hello, David. Oh, this is me speaking with an Indian accent, but still, <laughs> it is me. Oh, you're Wake going, up you're going, and what? The, what does it sound like? Or what? When you say you're God's voice, what, what is that? Okay, I think God speaks in a number of different ways. So, firstly, through highlighting some things that you may be reading in the Bible that something jumps out. Mm. You know, I read something in Hebrews today, and I just could not move. You know, he was like. You know, I, of all the 12 verses I read like that, I can't move away from that. Um, sometimes it's impressions that you get. Um, you know, you're in a red jumper or a knitted jumper and you, God might just say, you know, I want to talk to you about just being knitted together and, oh. and there's a joining together and a sense of community and wow. like there's an interwo, you know, and so he draws your attention to something particular. And, like I'm zooming right in and yeah. he uses that to speak sometimes. Like I've just, you have an impression of... Uh, a picture mm. we're probably familiar with. Um, I was praying for someone the other day and I just saw a picture of a sheep and stuck in a thorn bush and also getting tangled up in like some barbed wire, like this really obvious picture. And I just felt God say it's for that person. And I've wow. never met that person before. And I just started sharing it to them and they sort of breaking down in tears. And you just sort of then able just to bring just sort of God speaking into that situation. Um, I think, there's times in my life where I've actually just known probably the closest to an audible voice, maybe like just, I can, I've made just the biggest love decision I've made based on just God speaking some particular words to me in a, in a time. And I think he just uses like different things. And that's hopefully what this book will bring out is just different ways of um, God just invading and mm. your busy life and you've been able to distinguish what his voice is so if somebody's heard what you've just said and they're like i want more of this <clears> or i need to learn or i need to learn how to hear god's voice would you recommend the book is there anything else you'd recommend they did it all comes from prayer um and i think because it's is hearing your father it's learning to talk to your father and i think it's a communication thing how do you grow in any relationship you do it more and you talk more and i think for me i just I'm only no fruitfulness I think when I'm in prayer and I think just deciding to go for that in a bigger way and listening to his voice and creating time like just I'm just gonna do nothing for five minutes and just listen and then write down what I feel God's saying and write in my book and I think it's just trying to cultivate just a load of different ways because um, there are three voices you hear you do you hear your own thoughts you hear sometimes the devil and the evil one speaking to you and sometimes you hear God our father speaking and mm. I think just learning how to sort of 
get work out which one of those three it is just mm. takes practice and takes uh, just sometimes time of just figuring those three things out. Mm. Brilliant. Thanks so much. We have run out of time, but thank you so much for joining us and for everything that you've shared. It's What's been the pudding? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, well, after what you said, probably nothing. <laughs> uh, nothing for you, at least. Um, we've got Joel preaching uh, again this Sunday Brilliant. on Doubt on Your Mind. Last two, last two talks on what's been a superb te- teaching series on your mind. Uh, Doubt on Your Mind and then the last one is Family on Your Mind, which is the following Sunday. So thanks so much for tuning in, spending your lunch hour or lunch half hour with us. Have a superb week ahead and we will see you next week. Thank you for having me.